Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. It is Wednesday and it's 5.07. I'm your host for today's show, Doug Fitzgerald, filling in for the commander this week. The commander's out where it's warm out in California, taking some time off and playing some golf and enjoying the weather. So uh, I'm sure he was happy to get out just in time. Uh, to be able to get away from the cold spell that we're having. Um, we've got a great lineup of guests for the rest of this week's show. Today we're going to have Senator Deb Fisher. She's going to be joining us in just a minute. We're going to talk about Russia, Ukraine, that whole crisis, everything that's heating up over there. Obviously, she's got a front row seat to that, so we'll get her take on that and and some other issues that are happening around the state. Uh, tomorrow, we have Teresa Thibodeau in. She will be talking about her campaign to run for uh, the governor's race uh, that's been heating up as well. And then on Friday, Nolan David. He's the founder of Save Lincoln Local. Facebook page, over 13,000 members, and he created that page back when the pandemic was really hitting hard, and he wanted to help uh, really connect customers to businesses and really build up, build up the uh, the uh, business base here in town, and he's done that. So we're going to have him in. He's going to talk about that along with Tay Burrell, who is from Giddy Up Construction, and uh, their business started a little over a year ago and really has been impacted by the Save Lincoln Local Facebook page. So you're going to want to tune in over the next several days. Uh, we've had a great uh, week of shows and looking forward to the the next couple of days. All right, right now we want to welcome today's guest and a friend of the show, uh, Senator Deb Fisher. Um, D- Senator Fisher, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hi, Doug. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. You know, uh, I'm back in Nebraska this week. We're on recess, so I I came back to the to the cold. Uh, <laughs> but it, it always, uh, yeah, it always warms my heart to to be able to have some time and and travel out around the state and visit with Nebraskans. So it's it's been a good week so far. Well, I know I know that your constituents here in Nebraska really appreciate that, and you do a great job. You and your staff do a great job of updating uh, us on what's going on, um, both from uh, Washington D.C. and how it impacts us here uh, back in the state. Um, now, you sit on the Senate Armed Services Committee, and you're in the front row, uh, really, with the Russia and Ukraine crisis, or Ukraine crisis that's heating up right now. We're hearing about the forces in Russia moving in, cyber attacks, the threat of the, you know that full invasion possibly within the next 48 hours. But, Senator Fisher, I've had conversations with friends over the past week who really don't know what the underlying conflict is that's going on between Russia and Ukraine. So would you share with us really at a, at a very basic level what that conflict is uh, between the two countries? Sure. You know, what, what we're seeing here is Russian aggression. I would say that uh, Putin's main goal, his mission, is to reform uh, the old Soviet Union, and Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union. Uh, President Putin has uh, always um, claimed it. Uh, He says it's part of Russia. Well, it isn't. And President Putin himself uh, signed various treaties, agreements, the Minsk Treaty uh, that that gave uh, Ukraine its sovereignty. He signed the Budapest Memorandum with the United States and Great Britain, where Ukraine uh, basically surrendered about 4,000 nuclear warheads. Mm. Um, and and the three parties, Russia, the United States, and the United Kingdom, then guaranteed their sovereignty. So uh, for him to continue with his aggression towards that country, and he's now uh, invaded it once again several years ago. He invaded Crimea and stayed in that area. 
Uh, he has now invaded the eastern part of Ukraine, and we're hearing uh, reports that uh, there's going to be a, a major attack, which we're, um, we've been expecting for, for weeks. The intelligence that, that I've seen as a member of the Armed Services Committee, we have classified briefings all the time. Um, there's, there's been a consistent uh, buildup, not just on the eastern uh, uh, boundary there of Ukraine, but also in Belarus, where the Russians have come in. So this is um, obviously a very destabilizing situation. It threatens Europe. I believe that this also threatens the United States. So uh, Ukraine, if I understand correctly, they are not part of NATO. I know that's something that possibly that they're Correct. trying to be, you know, to be part of. Um, therefore, uh, they don't have a lot of help from protection-wise from obviously NATO. Uh, so we have other countries really trying to help out, including uh, the United States. Um, you are part uh, of a group um, co-sponsoring legislation to really implement sanctions then to help uh, the Ukraine against Russia. Uh, what are those sanctions and what are the, what are the, what are their desired outcomes? Right. Um, you know, Ukraine is not a member of NATO. They have applied um, several years ago. They have not been accepted for, for different reasons. Uh, any member can veto a, a new member who wants to come in. Uh, so they are not a part. They are not protected under Article 5 in NATO, where if, if a member is uh, attacked, the other members come to their defense. But the Western countries fully understand uh, the importance of what's going on in Ukraine right now, where we're seeing Russian tanks go in. Um, I don't advocate for military, um, our military being sent to Ukraine, but sanctions are important. Uh, the Biden administration is, is starting to uh, work with our allies in those sanctions. I, I would like to see them stronger. I would have liked to have seen uh, them implemented earlier. Uh, the sanctions would be um, basically on banks. Uh, it would it would stop uh, Russian ability to uh, conduct financial transactions internationally. That's going to hit them. I think that has to be part of it. I think also part of it is to sanction President Putin personally, uh, go after some of his wealth and sanction his cronies and enablers who go after their wealth. You know, we've seen. Um, a number of Russians over several, several years uh, invest in London real estate. Um, that, that can be uh, looked at, and the United Kingdom is doing that. Uh, to be able to work with Germany right now, we're, we're doing that to shut down uh, the continued construction of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which is a huge revenue source and creates dependency by Western European countries on that uh, Russian energy. Um, those are things that that need to happen and need to happen uh, swiftly. It takes it takes um, really a, a long period of time for sanctions to be implemented and for sanctions to take place. My concern has been that it seems like um, we've been slow walking, basically, and not uh, not coming out aggressively enough in in speaking about this or even imposing some sanctions before this invasion. Well, uh, fuel and oil, you talk about um, the pipeline there uh, and the resources of, of Ukraine, obviously, are, 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 I'm assuming, the reason why Putin's going in there. Is that correct? You know, that's that's part of it. But I, I really think it's, um, 
it's President Putin looking at a, a grander vision, mm. a grander vision to be able to uh, reestablish the Soviet Union, to reestablish uh, the the glory days of the um, um, Romanovs when when they were Tsars uh, of Russia. You know, to look to look to have that that glory, that influence, that power once again, and um, really go back to those Cold War days. I I remember uh, those days. Uh, we had a when I was very young. There was a big air base here in Lincoln. Uh, there, you know, we had uh, SACMAN, which is now uh, uh, STRATCOM up in Omaha. Um, people were very aware of the threats we face. That's one thing. I I have um, conversations with uh, the Secretary of Defense and and uh, military people all the time about we need we need to declassify some mm. of the information that that we hear as senators. There's there's really um, important information in there that the people of this country need to hear, especially about the threats that we face, not just from Russia, but from China as well. So the people in this country have a better understanding of, of those threats and, and really why certain decisions are made, uh, why we need to make certain investments, and, uh, and to get the support of the people of this country. Is there support from other countries right now going on in regards to the sanctions, or is it just the United States? There, um, there are a number of countries who are who are stepping up. The United Kingdom uh, came out very strong, much stronger than the United States uh, early on, uh, which I think was uh, important and had an effect. Uh, the NATO countries are stepping up. Mostly, we saw early and and more powerful support. I'd say from the Eastern European countries that are NATO because they're worried about it. You know, you have the Baltic nations, uh, Estonia, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, um, that are concerned about about Russian tanks coming in. They've seen cyber attacks through the years. Um, they've, we're seeing cyber attacks now in Ukraine. Uh, Poland is worried as well. And so there's there's countries that have... That have about the effects of being under the old Soviet control, Russian control. And uh, they're worried that that's the direction this is headed. Well, thank you for that underlying basic, uh, just foundational um piece of information to help us understand better what's happening over there and obviously um, we are seeing a spike in gas prices and oil prices as well because of that um, you know we're seeing inflation as well kind of uh, kind of rear its ugly head and a lot of people are talking about how expensive gas is along with uh, other items what are you hearing across the state here in Nebraska in regards to inflation people are really worried about inflation you know that's that's a tax on everybody we've We've seen that for months. This isn't just because of the actions in Ukraine right now. Right. Uh, we've seen it for months. Uh, the gas prices go up, and we're going to see that continue. Uh, visiting with um, a lot of different folks, especially the last two days um, in central Nebraska, there's a feeling that inflation is much worse than 7.5%. Uh, talking to small businesses, when when you look at an increase, uh, I was I was in uh, Seward today, visited with a small business owner, and his energy costs went up from like forty dollars a month to three hundred dollars wow. a month. 
you know, we're going to see that. How how do people on a fixed income um, manage that? Um, this is just, inflation is a regressive tax, and it hurts those on a fixed income. It hurts the elderly. It hurts the, the poor, low-income people. And uh, to not be able to um, get control over this inflation um, that started in, what was it, March, where we saw gas begin to spike in Lincoln. Right. Uh, that's, you know, that's, um, it's not right to blame it all on Ukraine. It, it didn't just start now, it started months ago. It's 520, you're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIM, and we're talking with Senator Deb Fisher. Uh, Senator Fisher, you were just talking about inflation. What can we do then to drive down the cost of inflation? Because I've, you know, I've interviewed and talked to uh, several business owners, restaurant owners especially, where they're seeing, like you said, they're seeing tremendous increases between like 50 to 150 percent on certain mm-hmm. items. And then people, as they go out to eat, they get, you know, they they complain about prices. Well, it's not the business owner's fault. It's the supply of and the inflation of that supply that's going up. What can we do then to bring uh, the cost of those items down? Well, we have to control spending. Uh, in March, there was um, a COVID relief bill that that was passed by uh, by the, the administration, and uh, and folks on the other side of the aisle didn't get a Republican vote. Uh, that was that was spending that. I felt we didn't need at the time because the COVID spending that was bipartisan and, and passed unanimously in in 2020, not all of that money had even been spent yet. But yet we poured more into the economy with with uh, the the government uh, checks going out. Uh, that to me was the first indicator, and, and we had warned against that of inflation. Uh, hitting and the causes uh, cause and effect that we would see, and that's that's playing out now. So um, you know, it's we're seeing not just inflation, but when you have a low unemployment rate, uh, you're finding that businesses are having a hard time getting getting employees, and so businesses aren't even open full time like they were. They have hard time finding workers because people are employed when you have that low unemployment rate. You can't grow a business. Uh, you know, when I was in the legislature, I helped pass the Nebraska Advantage Act, trying to get businesses to move to Nebraska. Well, how are we going to get businesses to come to Nebraska to help our economy grow when when there's workers not available because of such a low unemployment rate? We have problems with housing. Uh, you know, that's all across the state. Um, available housing, low-income housing, and then construction costs. So it just seems to be uh, compounding one issue upon another upon another, and uh, families are being hurt. Well, we have just a couple of minutes left. I want to ask you about taxes while we're speaking about money here. You know, tax season's on us. My wife and I have been working on preparing ours over the past couple of weeks. I remember the last time uh, you came in the studio, we had a conversation. Um, you know, the Democrats are pushing the Build Back Better plan. Um, of course, within that, they wanted to have the IRS have direct access to our bank transactions mm-hmm. over 600 bucks. They wanted facial recognition. Um, obviously, the IRS right now is a backlog of millions returns from last year. Give us a quick update then on where we're at with taxes. Well, as you said, at the federal level, we're looking at an IRS um, that there was money in Build Back Better to have um, to allow them to to look at people's um, 
bank statements, basically bank bank transactions. Uh, there was money in there to have more agents, which I I am in favor of having IRS employees there to answer calls uh, when people have questions about their taxes. But the the idea was uh, in that bill was to send agents out to audit people. You know, my office gets calls all the time, all the time, uh, from people who have not gotten their uh, their return from the IRS, their check back from the IRS. They have questions on the return. Like you said, there, right. there are millions of returns that haven't even been processed from last year. You know, let's put the focus where it needs to be, and that's to help people um, deal with government. It's not to have government be a big watchdog over our lives. So. Um, that's that's kind of where we are uh, on that, and um, my my staff's really been working on on a lot of those issues uh, since last year, and now we have people concerned about this year too. Yeah. Well, Senator Fisher, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate that. You're always welcome anytime, and thank you for all the work that you and your staff are doing. Great. Thanks, Doug. Good right. to visit with you. Uh, good to talk to you, too. Senator okay. Deb Fisher for joining us. We want to thank her. Um, it's 524. We're going to take our quick first break here. Uh, you're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back and good afternoon. This is Drive Time Lincoln. It is 529 and 14 degrees outside. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the commander. Uh, he's going to join us next week. Uh, we had a great conversation with uh, Senator Deb Fisher. We thank her for joining us in the first half of the show. Yesterday we had the governor on and it was a really good conversation. We uh, talked uh, about taxes and speaking of taxes, I want to remind everybody that KLN has a great promotion going on uh, to help you during this tax season. It's called Refund for Anyone uh, Sweepstakes. All you have to do uh, for your chance to win $5,000 is go to KLAN.com, register, put, put your name in the hat. Why not? You have a chance to win. Who knows? Uh, maybe you'll be the winner of five grand. That is KLAN's refund for anyone. Um, make sure you're registered, though, before uh, Sunday, February 27th at midnight so you can get your name in there for a chance to win some cash. All right, well, thanks again for joining us this afternoon. We're excited about the second half of the show. Uh, what we're going to do is an abbreviated version of Whatever Wednesday. We'd love for you to join us. Just call in with your thoughts. All you have to do is uh, join us by calling in the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. It's open right now, 402-479-1400. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for news. You're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety-nine three KLIN. Well, thanks for joining us today on your drive home. It's five thirty-seven and it's fourteen degrees out uh, here in Lincoln. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the Commander, and we haven't talked about weather yet. But last night was freezing. <laughs> we left the studio. I left the show. I went to gas up because, like we were talking about earlier, with inflation and prices of gas just jumping through the roof. I went to gas up about. Oh, I suppose it was about 6.30. Didn't have any gloves on, Johnny. It was cold. And then I got, I got one of those, you know, when, you know when you go to fill up gas and you go and, and do the automatic handle there and let it go? So I went to do that, jump back in while it was still warm, you know? I got one of the pumps where that, the handle kept clicking off, clicking off. You oh, know, you'd that's start the it worst. and click off. Click off. And I was like, 
So my hands were freezing by the time I got back in. But anyway, um, yeah, the temperature right now is 14 degrees out, and it looks like it feels like zero degrees with the, with the wind chill. And we're still going to have some cold weather the next couple of days. Uh, tomorrow's going to be around 17 degrees with a low of 4 degrees. And then on Friday, we're going to start warming back up. And then after that, it's almost like spring again because Saturday uh, is going to be 50. Sunday is going to be around 62. Monday around 65. Tuesday, 60. And Wednesday, right at 60. So it's going to be a great time to be able to get out and enjoy the weather. We do need some precipitation, though. It is so dry. I don't know about you, but... I mean, our home and, and the, the, the landscape and all that's really drying up. So I highly recommend, by the way, well, from the advice of my landscaper, to water your lawns and water your landscape because they need water while it's cold out as well. So just make sure you do that. Well, in the first half of the show, we had a really good conversation with Senator Deb Fisher. Uh, if you missed it, you can check it out on our podcast. Um, after today's show, Johnny will upload it to Drive Time Lincoln in the podcast section at KLAN.com and also on the KLAN app. Um, so just make sure you check it out there. And for the rest of the show, we're going to do a, a kind of an abbreviated version of Whatever Wednesday. So go ahead and call or text in the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400. We would love for you to share your shot, th- uh, your thoughts. Now, here's the thing, Johnny. Uh, you know, you've been taking calls, right, from, from our, uh, you know, from, uh, from our listeners. And over the last, what, a couple of weeks, uh, with Jack and myself, we've had some pretty intense, uh, conversations with guests on the show. And we just haven't had a lot of time to be able to take open phone calls yeah no i was trying to remember the last time we really were able to open up the phone lines and i remembered so i was out with covid a couple weeks ago right like three weeks ago and it was while i was out with covid friday or thursday and friday is when jack opened up the phone lines so because we had a busy week that week right. or he had a busy week that week as well and then it's been nothing but guests since i've been back which has been good for the show, but we, we it's a people's platform, too. We want to give back. So by all means, if you have anything on your mind, please call us. Well, and that, and you've been taking phone calls this week as well uh, well, uh, for people during yeah, the show. And not, we just didn't have time to be able to, not as many, but to add them in. I have heard some concerned callers about yep. if they were ever going to be able to call in again. So, <laughs> Well, of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. Again, you can call the Rickstein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 and share your thoughts. There's a lot going on. I mean, we talked about, as we look back on this week at least, um, Governor Ricketts was on. We talked about the Fairness Ordinance. Obviously, Jack talked about that. And and had the uh, Nebraska uh, Family Alliance in last week talking about their petition drive. Uh, and uh, Stephen just texted in and asked about how the petition drive is actually going. So, Stephen, I don't know specifics in regards to how it's going. What I am going to do, though, is uh, reach out to the Nebraska Family Alliance and maybe next uh, tomorrow, after tomorrow's uh, guest, uh, we'll open the phone lines back up again and maybe we can have them call in with a report, which, by the way, tomorrow afternoon we're going to do the same thing. We're going to do an abbreviated version, but it's going to be whatever. Thursday. It doesn't rhyme, but well, we'll do that. How's mm-hmm. that? Yeah. All right. Uh, obviously, we had the governor's race. It's really ticking off, and I want to uh, talk a little bit about that. Uh, we had Senator, uh, State Senator Brett Lindstrom in on Monday's show. Really enjoyed that conversation with him. If you haven't heard it, go back to the podcast section and listen to it. Uh, but I, you, you, listen, you released, re-listened to that show, Johnny. What did you get to walk away with uh, from that conversation? Uh, from Monday? Yeah. From It was... I uh, just found it very informative, um, both ends, but uh, with Lindstrom especially, and really just, I mean, talking about local issues. I mean, you guys mentioned the youth parks yes. and everything, and um, I, the fact that the state games were in Iowa, and right. it's like, bring them here. And- right. So, I, yeah, I enjoyed that, and I learned something from that conversation, because uh, Senator Lindstrom, you know, he had worked 
uh, in getting some legislation passed to provide funds or to help match funds. I don't know exactly how it works, uh, so that we can really build up youth sports and youth activities across the state. And several uh, cities right now are taking advantage of that, building some pretty big complexes. Carney, he mentioned. And one of the things I had mentioned during that conversation was, you know, my son played select ball um, pretty much, you know, all of his youth up until high school. And one of the things we could never figure out is we would play baseball across the state. We'd go out of state to play baseball. But then when it came time for our state tournaments here in Nebraska, we would have to go to Council Bluffs to play. And I could never figure out why we had to drive there, take our money, um, you know, spend it in Iowa when it could be just as well spent here. You know what I'm saying? And that was a big discussion. And so to hear um, that there is actually some work being done to alleviate that, you know, again, it's a small piece of really um, bringing up the standard and and, and bringing a lot of things within the state, um, you know, uh, to a place where we can actually, you know, host these things and and, and, and really build and develop from that. it really is a bigger deal than you would think so yeah and uh we've got a full slate as a matter of fact tomorrow uh, for the afternoon show we're gonna have teresa thibodeau on she's running for governor's race as well it'd be great to hear from her and her campaign um also um you know i don't know how many of you know exactly who is running but i did want to kind of run down this list uh for libertarian on the ticket uh for governor uh scott zimmerman a democratic candidate is carol blood and then for the republicans we've got a, a really a busy field uh in line we've got donna nicole carpenter michael conley Charles Herbster, obviously Brett Lindstrom, who we talked to, uh, Layla McNinch, uh, Jim Pellin, uh, Braylon Reidenauer, and Teresa Thibodeau. And Teresa's going to be in, like I said, tomorrow for the show, and she's going to come in the studio, actually, and really talk about uh, where she's at in regards to the governor's race. Uh, and obviously, we've also got uh, just a, I don't know if you guys have noticed, I noticed it really starting to pick up. Uh, the ads for the governor's race have been everywhere now. TV, radio, everywhere you go, uh, you can't get uh, get get away from them at this point. So, um, but it's good to have the candidates in. Obviously, if you're running, uh, you know the commander wants you to know that you're welcome on the show anytime. You just have to contact him, and and he'd love to have you on. Speaking of tomorrow's episode, I I had a brain slip when when you mentioned the second half when we have the call and a uh, caller's welcome calling again. Talkative Thursday is what we call it on Thursdays. Ah, that. Talkative Thursday. I knew there was a term. I just it slipped my mind at that moment. So we will add that tomorrow. Well, we've got a caller. Richard's on the line. Uh, let's go ahead and put Richard on there, Johnny, and see what's up up with him. Hey, Richard, can you uh, can you hear us now? Are you there? I am. I can hear you, and I am here. Good. And so, what's on your mind? Okay. Well, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, as you point out. But there's something that's happening that's really important for the future of the state of Nebraska. And that's a bill pending in the Nebraska legislature, LB 991. What 991 would do is to have state DOT study feasibility commuter rail between Lincoln and Omaha. We know that I-80 keeps getting more crowded, and uh, we have about 41,000 people that make a daily trip between Lincoln and Omaha, and that's enough to fill a bunch of trains. And uh, what we need to do is to get things underway now so that we don't have to play catch-up ball when I-80 starts, uh, you know, traffic jamming in the future. No, oh, absolutely. We've got a lot of, you know, population growth between the two cities. Where they're even talking about, you know, uh, possibly, you know, now having a new, you know, big old lake there, right? A reservoir to catch our water and maintain the water. I, but I, I wanted to point out that 
the rail line that would be used for the commuter trains would be right along the proposed new lake. So that would be a way for people to get to and from the lake if if that comes into play. Absolutely. The other thing, Richard, that, uh, you know, I hadn't, uh, I live on the north side of town, northeast side of town, and I had not been uh, on the south side of town around Highway 2 where the south, you know, south beltway is going. Man, the construction there is really taken, you know, taken hold. There's a lot of good uh um, you know, construction going on to get that, uh, the road system built there. So uh, I really appreciate that. Well, Rod, Richard, thank you so much for, for calling in. I appreciate it. Well, the one thing I'd urge people to do if they support that commuter rail is to write their state senator and say, let's get that study underway. All right. That's my final thought. Sounds thank good. You. Well, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Richard on the line. Obviously, Richard, uh, we appreciate him calling in, a friend of the show, and uh, just lots of good things happening. So uh, I want to touch on the um, the fairness ordinance again real quick. You know, um, we had Governor Rickson. Obviously, he was very uh, against it, calling it the unfairness ordinance. And the Nebraska Family Alliance petition drive uh, is underway to rescind it. Um, they're going to need a little over, I think, 4,200 signatures done by February 28th, and, and the commanders had guests in uh, on the show to be able to talk about that and share about that. Stephen had texted in asking how it's going. Uh, I'm going to try to do my best by tomorrow to get an update on that to see where the petition drive is at this point. Uh, and if you haven't heard about it, obviously, I, I think most everybody has at this point, but uh, the city council updated and passed the fairness ordinance, uh, revision to Title 11, that was back on February 14th, uh, which includes now gender identity sexual orientation, uh, and military personnel as well for protected classes. And the opposition to the Fairness Ordinance, um, the Nebraska Family Alliance, contends that it will open businesses up for large fines. Those fines can range anywhere between ten, twenty-five, and up to $50,000. And I did some research and checking in. I don't, you know, anything that's been brought up in regards to equal opportunity and any complaints registered, I believe there's only been a couple that have really gone all the way, and I believe they've even been worked out. So, um, um, you know, so there's both sides to that issue, uh, but I also understand um, that there's some vagueness because I actually printed off the actual uh, ordinance, 67 pages long, by the way. I highly recommend you do that. Uh, you can find that if you go to the city page, go to the city council uh, site, and then scroll down to um, the session that they had on February 14th. And buried deep within there is the link. If you want, don't want to go through all that work, all you have to do is go to NebraskaFamilyAlliance.org, and they have the um, the actual ordinance there that you can print out and read through, which I highly recommend that people do. If it's, a, if it's an issue that you want to learn more about, I highly recommend that you get all the information uh, as well. Speaking of um, the Fairness Ordinance, Amanda's on the line, and uh, she has um, something to share about that. Amanda, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hi, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, so I what's just, on your mind? I was just encouraging people we have until Monday at 5 p.m. to get the petition signed. Okay. Um, and I didn't hear, I heard you kind of leading into it, but didn't hear if you told people where they can get it signed. Yeah. At this point, um, do you, do you know, do you have any idea of, of, of where people can go at this point? I know there were several churches over the weekend that had it available. I saw it um, about uh, 66th and O. They had people there on the street over the weekend. Are you aware of any places for people to go? Yes. So Nebraska Family Alliance at 1106 E Street, um, they're open till 8.30 to 7 weekdays. Okay. Saturday, 8 to 5, Sunday, 1 to 6. Um, Elevate Church 
on the 26th, we'll have a sign-up from 2 to 6. And then Lancaster Event Center with the flea market this weekend. There's also going to be opportunity to sign there. Um, And I think there will be opportunity at the churches again. And also, I would guess someone might be at 66 and 0. Right. That's where they were this Um, past weekend, so. Yeah. So, but it's all volunteers, so it's kind of spotty. But for sure, Nebraska Family Alliance. Okay. Well, Amanda, thank you so much. I really appreciate that information. Really good information for our listeners. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Yeah, as I was talking about before we had Amanda on the line, um, just the opposition, Nebraska Family Alliance obviously contending that, um, you know, not only will there be large fine potentials for businesses and nonprofits, uh, but religious beliefs of businesses as well on marriage and sexuality um, can be, you know, might be intruded upon. Of course, once you open the door a little bit, you know, the potential is there. And because uh, if you've read through it, there is a vagueness to the ordinance itself that does open itself up to that. And obviously there are fears of, you know, people having bathroom access based upon gender identity in places like businesses, gyms, private schools, youth sporting events, and even churches. If you're a nonprofit and you allow, from what I understand in reading it, if you're a nonprofit and you allow outside organizations to utilize the facilities you have to you're, you're basically falling within the uh, fairness ordinance itself and uh, you'll be living under those guidelines so uh, again if you want more information about that uh, number one we appreciate Amanda calling in uh, but uh, number two you can go to nebraskafamilyalliance.org and find out all the information I also believe there that they have once in a while they update that on where you can go if you want to actually sign that petition um, one of the things I want to touch upon before we go Johnny and uh, maybe we can take a few minutes to talk about this is munch madness there's a buzz around the station about Munch Madness. It's the 13th year, I guess, of this. I, you know, for me, this is brand new because I started working here um, at KLIN, you know, around April uh, of last year. So this is my first time to be able to actually participate, and it's your first time as well. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've been here a few years, but really been working on KLIN for like the last nine months, and so this is the most I've been involved with Munch Madness too, and. My excitement level is at an all-time high. (laughs) Every time I come in, Johnny's like, all right, I'm going to eat at this restaurant, and I'm going to eat at that restaurant. But the one thing I wanted to touch upon that I did not realize, obviously, LNK in the morning show, you can learn more about that. We're going to have the the voting for that's going to start on March 2nd. You can get the brackets and and all the restaurants that are involved, all that information on KLN.com. But the thing that really intrigued me is they're also doing a fundraiser this year with the United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County uh, with DoorDash, calling it ride united and what you can do is you can donate on behalf of the restaurants that you want even if they've fallen out of the bracket even if they've lost you can still go there and donate and what this is is this money uh, provides uh, food and transportation for the food bank here in lincoln uh, so that people in our community who can't get out and get food can have food brought into them and i think it's a great thing all you have to do is go to klin.com to learn more about that so that you can make your donation as well so munch madness uh, make sure you uh, jump in and take care of that the other thing is jack and friends will also be giving away two thousand dollars in advertising for a local restaurant um, for the most uh you know the the restaurant who raises the most money for the donations towards ride united that's made in their name so that's just a big perk And also, it's going to help our community as well. Well, thanks again for joining us this afternoon for, uh, well, I guess it's whatever Wednesday. And tomorrow we'll have uh, 
Talkative Thursday. Is that right? Talkative Thursday. Talkative Thursday, yep. All right. It's 554. You're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIM. And uh, we'll be back to wrap up the show in just a minute. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIM. At 558, it's currently 14 degrees here in Lincoln and Drive Time Lincoln. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the commander. He'll be back again next Monday, back in the seat. Um, again, we wanted to remind you of the refund for anyone sweepstakes. Just go to KLIN.com for your chance to win $5,000 in cash. You have to register by Sunday, February 27th. Quick look at Husker Sports. Men's basketball continued their losing skid last night with a loss 65 to 77 to Northwestern. Uh, next up, they play on Friday against Iowa. Here, the tip-off will be at 8 o'clock, pregame at 7, and you can hear it on KLIM. And then the 20-7 and 7 Husker women's basketball team, um, they're going to take on Wisconsin tonight. That tip-off for that game is going to be at 6.30. You can hear the pregame at 6 o'clock right after Drive Time Lincoln here in just a couple of minutes, uh, and you can check it out here on KLIM. And then Husker baseball, well, they kicked off their schedule. I was excited about that over the weekend. Um, up next, they're going to be traveling down to Arlington, Texas, for a three-game series there against TCU. So that's a check of Husker Sports. As always, if you want to catch the recording of today's show or past shows um, or you want to share it with somebody, simply head over to our website at KLAN.com or the app. Uh, you can find Drive Time link in there in the podcast section. And make sure to join LNK with Jack and Friends tomorrow morning for Ticket Thursday. We want to thank today's guest, Senator Deb Fisher, and big thanks to Johnny for producing the show. We're going to see you back here again tomorrow. Women's basketball is up next. You've been listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3. KLIN.